0: I literally about shit myself when my computer turned black. I was like, it, okay." No, nah. how my day's going? It's fine.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't.
0: Maybe, maybe I did. <laughs> yes. I was gonna say maybe, maybe I did. You have no idea, actually.
1: I, truthfully, would not know. Would not know. We would never know.
2: This is this is chaotic, and I'm a, I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> hey. Hello. I'm Sarah. And I'm Nathaniel. And this is To Be Completely Transparent.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, We have a really fun episode coming your way. And we have another lovely guest with us today. We have Allie. So, Allie, can you give us a little bit of background? Tell us about yourself.
0: Yeah. So, I am originally from Medina, Ohio. The 330, dirty 330, whatever you want to call it. Um, hashtag hometown pride. But yeah, so I came to Columbus, you know, to have that little dream of working in retail. So I worked with Victoria's Secret Pink after I graduated from Ohio State, worked with Justice, so very much a retail rat um, until COVID said, just kidding. So then due to lovely pandemic reasons, uh, we ended up switching career paths a little bit. And now I'm just a full time real estate agent. So all the fun things, all the fun little life pivots (laughs)
2: that's that's awesome we we love it and that's perfectly suited for our topic today we're going to be talking about life in your 20s and how it's not all it was cracked up to be. And it's different than what we expected. And I think when you when you told Nathaniel about this, you said that you wanted to come talk about how having everything together in your 20s is a joke. And you know, we should just level with ourselves and give ourselves some some space to be okay with that and to be okay with change. So excited to talk about that. But I am getting a little ahead of myself. So let's, let's go back. Let's do our hot takes. We have to do the hot takes. So Allie, kick it off. What's your hot take this week?
0: Yeah, so definitely based on your guys previous episodes put a lot of pressure on this maybe more than I should have, you know, we all know Nathaniel hates cheese, we didn't know if it was a hot take or not, but it ended up actually being kind of a hot take. So I am not a Swifty. I'm not a fan. I don't I don't love her. I actually Mm -hmm. probably actively try not to a little more than I should feel a little hypocritical because I also love the weekend. And I feel like he's basically just her male counterpart but yeah i just can't do it i can't do it i don't know why what nathaniel you have thoughts i know you do (laughs) did i just break your heart did i just ruin everything
1: no no absolutely not um i mean there's one I, i know
0: there's one song look what you made me do like i will get down to that the dancer in me i have no control my ass has a mind of its own and in that case game over um, she does what she needs and then once like the three minutes are over we go back to like I could never so
1: <laughs> I I have a lot of thoughts because for a few reasons I people will blow up my phone at this comment like like you have made enemies and they're gonna let me know they're gonna be like who is she like tell me more because this is unacceptable and the fact that you would air this episode <laughs> with such a violent hot take and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hear about it but I thought the same thing you thought for a long time. And I really, really tried to fight it. And until it was like, I would say Reputation was the first that I actually listened to in full. Cause like, I didn't care. I wasn't a fan, like Fearless. I know what, three songs from it. And then I was like, this kind of slaps. Like that, This kind of some bankers. I I, I can't even, I can't lie. I wasn't going to be fully transparent. Like I said, I would be. And then ever since then, I have... I've been like a, mm. I mean, I guess like folklore. I didn't listen to like all of it, but there are some bangers on that too. So that was, that was, that's a good hot take. I think it is will a good a hot of, take. A so lot of hate. I do have that. one
0: confession. I did just remember because you just said fearless. When oh. I was 13 years old, my middle school boyfriend broke up with me. It was apparently a solid two weeks, but we just weren't meant to be. It's fine. I did an interpretive, it interpretive, sad tragic. dance to teardrops on my guitar to make me feel better. And that was like my coping mechanism. So I guess, I don't know, maybe it was just, she became a bad bitch after the fact. And like, maybe it was like, no, like the sad T-Swift way of life isn't how we're gonna do this. But I will say she she got me through Eric. That was a tough one.
1: Sad, <laughs> I hope, you know, I hope Eric is doing well, ultimately. Right?
0: We'll we'll yeah, yeah.
2: I, I don't hate Taylor Swift, but I don't think I would consider myself like a full fan. I'm like passively like, yeah, it's, she's fine. It's cool. And yet she is consistently in the top artists for me every time I have a Spotify wrapped and I'm like, like how, like, I don't usually go out of my way to listen to it, but she's up there. So maybe I am a Swifty just like I didn't even fully comprehend it about myself yet. I don't know. I do think that that's a hot take that we're going to get some feedback on that. I hear it. Um, okay my hot take this week is that the ocean is absolutely bananas and terrifying like i it's so scary to me i was thinking about it because i'm going to be going to a beach house in a few weeks and i'm super excited about it but i was thinking about it i was like oceans they're so scary i will go out into the ocean to like my knees but that's about it like i don't just like frolic in the ocean for funsies like some people can maybe that's because i grew up in the midwest and i was kind of landlocked so it's like this like mystery thing for me but that's my outtake.
1: take i would say yeah i yeah. would say the ocean is canceled ultimately
0: oh absolutely yeah.
2: fully canceled you guys agree fully canceled no I don't know.
0: it's well don't they say that they know less about the ocean than they do space like that's fucked up yeah that is fucked up <laughs>
1: Wait, that's, that's Yeah, a fact. it's just that's...
2: like, I think it is a fact, but it's just so wild to me because so many people are like, oh my God, I love the ocean, just like going swimming in the ocean. Like, I want to surf. I want to do all these things. And I'm like, no. Why?
1: Surfing seems terrifying. Yeah.
2: I actually, I did try it when I was in Peru and it's so hard and it was really scary the whole time. I was like, it was just not really like a fun experience. I honestly did it for the Instagram. Not going to lie.
1: <laughs> but you did it
0: and that's what matters. <laughs>
2: I did. I took a really cool picture with a wetsuit and a board and I was like, look at me. Surfer girl. Everyone
1: everyone listening is gonna be like, wow, what a great Midwestern trio that we're <laughs> listening to today. <laughs> like <laughs> great. They're so exciting and fun.
0: So we're landlocked. We're not used to this. We get tornadoes. Right. Like we not phased. Not phased. We go outside to watch them. Not phased. Yeah. No.
2: We truly do. Mm -hmm. Sitting on the front porch during a storm was one of my favorite things as a child. I was like, oh, it's so relaxing.
1: Uh, (laughs) Wow. Actually, I don't even think I did that.
2: Okay, Nathaniel, do you have a hot take?
1: I truly do not.
0: Um... (laughs) All right, Nathaniel, here's a, depending on how you answer this, could be a hot take. Should raccoons be house pets? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I forgot! You have, like, the thing about raccoons specifically! I'm so sorry, I, for- I genuinely <laughs> forgot. I genuinely forgot. <laughs> oh, babe, I'm sorry. I, I totally <laughs> forgot. We've had this conversation.
1: Oh my gosh, Ugh. those are the worst.
0: Okay, possums?
1: Ever. No, nothing. None of them. No <laughs> rodent-type things can be near like if they were all just like shot on site like, i wouldn't care like i would feel nothing in my heart like i promise I'm, and i'm 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 a nice person generally and i just cannot i mean i don't even think that's a hot take is it a the, hot the, take the
0: no? last part was a hot Despite? take the i would have no feelings yeah, gonna... if they were shot on sight <laughs> that is a hot take
2: That is so aggressive. <laughs> Was Whoa. that aggressive? All right,
1: let me yes. get arena back. Are you going to keep that in there? Yeah, you should. Obviously. Because everyone <laughs> needs to know that rodents are not it, simply. They're
0: not rodents, honey. They're mammals.
1: I don't think I would. I would not shoot them personally. You would hire it out because you don't, don't shots, have the ability. <laughs> Wait, I'm what? going to
0: outsource. You Outs- going to outsource your hitmen. <laughs> <Yeah>. Raccoon hitmen.
1: <laughs> Bro, raccoons are meant for the streets. Like...
0: And they know it keep the
1: raccoons <laughs> away indefinitely they used to be at my last apartment just kind of roaming around and when i would if i was ever walking the dog i just
0: this so they won street fights
1: i they would just like run back into the woods but like as soon as i saw one or if it was like under a car mm-hmm. and then it like i saw it like it just my reaction is not it's like ooh, time to head out
0: SpongeBob indefinitely
1: meme. i'm gonna head out <laughs> it, literally that's that's me with raccoons well i guess yeah thank you for introducing a hot take giving it to me because yeah raccoons are horrible possums are horrible all you know is there what else is there there's some other animals that could be shot on sight and i would not care chip chipmunks gerbils
2: squirrels
1: those, groundhog the like the the gerbil <laughs> thing like the guinea pig <laughs> gerbil thing like those just like chill there like i i don't They've been
2: they've been domesticated, but they're still annoying. You ever heard a guinea pig? Oh, they're loud. They're so
1: loud. Do they make sounds?
2: I'm not I'm not gonna imitate it, but they're (laughs) loud.
1: I didn't know I genuinely didn't know they made sounds.
2: Oh my god, yeah, they're yeah, they're really annoying. It's
0: squeaky. It's very squeaky. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I can live. I can if a guinea pig is around, like whatever. But raccoons.
0: You know I've held one. I've held multiple.
1: <sighs>
0: That's where this started.
1: Mm-hmm. That's...
0: Wow. You told me. Yeah.
1: No, 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 no.
0: Yeah, we tried to like relocate them, but then the mom was too smart, so I just got 12 hours of holding tired little baby raccoons until nighttime came around. Then they turned into little shits, and we had to give them back to their mom, and then they proceeded to go right back underneath the house where we were trying to get them out of. But they were so cute. Were if
1: like, you oh. offered me $2,000... Cash today to do that, I would decline. Like I just because I would... they're
0: so sleepy and so cute. If I told you it was a kitten, what are the chances you would believe me?
1: Zero. There's a kitten behind me. Well, a a thirteen year old. I was gonna
0: say
2: he's a grown ass cat. What are you say talking geriatric about?
0: Geriatric <laughs> male cat.
2: Not the same. All right, so we are gonna hop right, right into our content today after a slightly chaotic hot take segment. But that's okay because life is chaotic, right? You know, and we just roll with the punches. Um so we're going to talk about a lot of different things today about expectations for folks in their 20s and, you know, these societal concepts that we've come to believe to be true and why they aren't. Um so what is important to you about about this in
0: particular? Yeah. So I think it's really funny because after I talk to Nathaniel about this, I, uh, so I found a video from my 20th birthday party. And, you know, we all, I think, especially when you get to college, and when you become 18, 19, like, your 20s is just very much this like fantasy land of possibility, like, Oh, my God, I can drink, I'll have my own house, I'll do this, I'll do that. Like, and we've all just become accustomed that you know, your 20s is when you hit your milestones. Like if you watch what your parents did or your grandparents did, like you graduated college, you found the perfect man, you got married, you had your great job, you got your promotion, you got your Louis Vuitton never full, because for some reason that's what (laughs) everyone gets when they get promoted and you buy your first house and like you're birthing small children by the time you're 30 and like done deal. And I personally feel very victimized by that societal little, you know, schedule. Yeah. And I'm literally turning 27 in August. And if I look back from when that will continue on with chaotic female entered her 20s, like if I think about who she was and what she thought her life was going to be, I especially this year with the pandemic went kind of along the lines of would she be super proud at like how much you did accomplish? Or would she be like, Oh my God, you're tattooed still single and you're not still in retail? Like, what did you do? Like, what? I might as well have said I'm like smoking crack, you know? And so (laughs) I think it's just, it's that funny thing of, you know, we set these expectations and, you know, five year plan is such a buzzword. And especially I think when you're in college, they have that here's what it's going to be like, here's what you're going to do, here's what you can do with this major. And I think it's just, it's breeding some unhealthy expectations. And I think there's just more people out there that I would love to have the conversation of, how's it going? Like, where did we think we were? Where are we? And it's perfectly okay that you're not married or that you're not in that dream career that you wanted to be in. And it mainly just sparks from my own insecurities about it. And just the only way to feel better about it was to talk about it.
2: We love that. That's our whole MO here. So yeah. I totally feel you. I feel like there are so many things that I laugh at now about how I thought my life was going to play out. And I love, like, I love talking about it. I love that we're bringing this up because I feel, I feel very similarly, you know, like when I ended college, I was like, all right, cool. About to get this bachelor's degree, about to get this med degree, about to be a doctor, about to be married at 28, kids at 30. And now I'm like, did I do it? any of that? well i got a bachelor's degree but like everything else like absolutely not i'm like i don't even know if i want kids in general let alone by 30 like that's not happening for sure you know so i i totally agree i think it's it's good that we're starting to talk about and then subsequently accept the fact that there are plenty of different ways we can live our lives and if it doesn't follow this like very strict prescripted path that is
0: a-okay exactly I couldn't
1: agree more. So in regards to, you know, the the entering college, if you choose to go, which again yeah. is another thing that yeah. is not a given, that's always talked about, that puts people in a lot of debt and it just might not be the option or a, a reality for a lot of people. But, you know, if you do choose to go when you're 18, 19 years old, where does that conversation even begin with, okay, how do I... Plan for the future in a way that's actually for me? How am I going to make the right decisions while I'm here? Because, I mean, seven years later, for one, is not, it's really not that long. It's like being 25, being, you know, one to three years out of school, there are so many things that you're still applying to your life and like learning about. So, how can you do anything differently once you do enter it mindset wise? To actually, you know, pursue your future goals um, and make sure that you're not kind of handcuffing yourself into this whole problem we have where you're starting to feel inferior or like, I haven't checked off all these boxes. Where do you, where does one even begin?
0: So I think something that I had to come to terms with, and I'm honestly still like accepting it and honoring it within myself. I think there's a big difference between accepting something and truly honoring it and doing it for yourself. But I realized that I lived in a world where basically from the get-go, from my childhood, everything I did had a purpose that was external. So when I was younger, Mm -hmm. you know, if I wanted to succeed in school, it was to make your parents proud. You want to do well in dance or sports because you wanted that scholarship or you had some other... You know, you wanted good grades because you wanted to get into that really good college, you know, whether that was for, you know, it was good for your major. Again, you wanted to make your parents proud or whatever that might have been. And then while you're in college, you have to impress people. I'm, you know, going to interviews. I'm trying to get selected by a good company so that when I exit with this degree, was it worth it? And, you know, then even you get out of college and then it starts all over again with your job that it's like, okay, I'm, you know, we are that, you know, age of burnout where it's like, okay, I'm going to let my get myself get stepped on repeatedly because that's the way to get a promotion. And that's how I'm going to make my boss happy. And so I realized that I was so well trained and I don't say trained in like a I feel like that gives off like a creepy groomed vibe like I think it's just it's in your head right wrong or indifferent that everything you did and every success that you had had an external reason and an external purpose and so I've had to come to terms with the fact that like I can't keep equating my life success like I found out that I just wasn't doing things for me. That even at this age at the age mm. of 26 or 27 you know real estate was the first thing like the first thing that was my idea and my choice and that it was for me and that was at 26 years old that like no one told me to no one said hey this is a good idea you should do this or it would make me proud if like that was literally the first time i like brought it up to my parents and they were like what <laughs> real estate okay and it was wild you know it's it's I think, and you can't tell someone who's 19 years old, like, you know, don't listen to anyone else. It's all about you. But I think mm-hmm. you realize that pattern and you realize that your parents become your parents and your job becomes your parents, your job, your friend. Like, and it's so easy to just lose that inner like locus of control. And I think when you do that, there's no way to be happy with your 20s. Because as soon as you're not living up to what you thought that higher purpose was, like nothing's ever going to be enough. So I think the first thing that I could say is like, remember, at the end of the day, like you need to live for you, you can't live for the job, you can't live for the professor, you can't live for the parent or the sibling or the, you know, especially, you know, significant others. You know, so it's like, that's so much easier said than done. And it's been a tough road because, you know, I think everyone in their 20s also has that first time where they do something that disappoints their parents. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to come to terms with that, like, we didn't agree on something and that was okay. And so it's just, it's, you realize that it's on the surface. It's, do I have the right job? Do I have the significant other? Did I get the promotion? But it really runs so much deeper than that. And that's what i had to realize is that it's not just a surface level if i get this new job everything's suddenly going to be fine because it started with habits that were so much earlier than that
2: i yeah i think that's a really really good point and i think you know your explanation of how you felt like that in your immediate circle is a huge influence but i also think you know we would be remiss not to talk about just society as a whole right like mm-hmm. these expectations that you know you are only ever seen as good productive like members of society if you strive to achieve greatness in these very narrow paths right like mm-hmm. they're like oh be uh, be a good business person be a good doctor be a good teacher like these they're so limiting in the options that are presented as at a societal level. And, you know, that's something that I think as we are experiencing our twenties and as we are experiencing firsthand that these expectations are damaging and that they are limiting us. We also have to, you know, hold ourselves accountable to to unpack that for ourselves and how we treat others too. And I think that goes back a little bit to what you were talking about Nathaniel about how, you know, some people might not go to college and that's cool, but I think there's still this stigma about it sometimes, you know, depending on who you are, where you come from, what you what you're pursuing instead or or not, you know. There's these ideas that that I think, you know, we all have been taught and seen in like over and over again that we have to unpack as well. Um, And I think, you know, it goes for so many things, trade schools, creative endeavors, you know, anything that is not in this very narrow capitalistic society Mm -hmm. expectation. Like it's, it's hard for us to envision that being fulfilling and successful because we have been taught for so long that That's not what we should shoot for.
0: Well, and I think it's sad too, that a pandemic is what caused so many people to Mm -hmm. finally pursue these different things. Like how many of our friends started bomb ass small businesses. They started off and they did that thing that they were like, I've always wanted to do this. Like, it's sad that it took our entire worlds getting unearthed. I mean, myself included, I wasn't loving retail and I started real estate school in June of 2019. I didn't think it was smart. I was like, I'm a very type A. What if this doesn't work? What if I don't make enough money to keep my car to keep my apartment to keep this lifestyle I've built for myself? I made up every reason in the book. And also, I kept telling myself, well, I went to college. So I have to do this. My parents paid for college. What if I don't use the degree that they got for me? And it's funny, though, that all of a sudden, the world shuts down. Everyone is basically forced into survival mode. And we found out how truly amazing and how fun and how creative everyone around us was. And it's almost sad that it took a pandemic for that to be okay.
1: Totally. Yeah, all of the 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 career paths that <clears throat> people have found themselves in, chosen, et cetera, that have worked through the pandemic are literally, you know, a lot of the same jobs and, and creative endeavors that people push you away from. Um, yeah. You know, they tell you not to, to pursue these or like, well, if you go to this college and you do this, like you'll slide right into this desk job or this business role and XYZ. And then here we are saying okay well now we're seeing how important all these other places in society are these jobs these roles how important just from top to bottom like who's actually holding society up so you're right it's crazy
2: i think so i want to bring up um a quote that i found and it's related to this so the quote is americans tend to put a lot of pressure on our 20s we've assigned the age as the decade of figuring out who we are finding our true love feeding our wonderlust furthering our education starting our careers the list goes on the pandemic closed a lot of those doors for young adults but it also forced reflections of the mystique surrounding our 20s and whether the expe- expectations we have for our third decade of life are really that realistic to begin with and i was just like damn i'm like how perfectly does that describe what we're just talking about right and i think so i think the next thing i want to ask you about Allie, is is okay we're doing the work right we're understanding that these expectations have been taught to us from day one and we've internalized them okay we recognize that now what right like how do we determine that we are moving towards living our life for us and not necessarily for these expectations like what do you what do you think? How do we how do we start that process?
0: Yeah, so I think um, a really good piece of advice I was given recently was the quote is "Do not spend your time trying to find the perfect partner. Spend your time trying to be the perfect partner." And so I think you know I brought up the whole idea of like the five year plan and why it could you know potentially be detrimental. And I think that's where I went wrong was. I placed a lot of expectations on myself that involved factors I could not control. Mm-hmm. So, finding a partner and making sure they were a good one, getting married, having kids, you know, getting that promotion, doing this, you know, doing that that I think where we start to fail is when we again look to that external locus of the things we cannot control and trying to place a timeline on them. So I think it's funny that you said, oh yeah, like married by 28, kids by 30. Literally, I had one as well. Like I wanted to be engaged by 26, kids by 28. Where did we even come up with this? You know what I mean? Like if you really come (laughs) down to it, what? why was 26 a good, like why? It just sounded like a good round number. Like it just, it's (laughs) funny because you start to realize that you're like, it's not even necessarily that I wanted it or like I had this because if you think about it, you know, what do they always say that, you know, the perfect goals are, you know, measurable, attainable, you know, and have parts and that that doesn't apply. You know, what am mm-hmm. I going to do? Say I'm going to go on 3 dates per week and make sure I have 12 Tinder like no. No. No, you're <laughs> not going to. That's stupid. And so I think the biggest thing that I've had to come to terms with is, you know, I'm a very Type A person. So again, I want to have goals, I want to have timelines, but it's you know i think to put a promotion into something or to try and make it too specific that's where we went wrong you know mm-hmm. i know they say like you know be specific about your goals you know if you have something like the more you can envision it you know and i think we got focused on making each other proud and having something instagram worthy that i think it's like if you focus on just being happy and being fulfilled. You know, again, I'm sure so many people are gonna roll their eyes at that and be like, yeah, easier said than done. Are you feeling all the mm-hmm. above? Like, no, hell no, I'm not. But you know, I think that's that's where we went wrong is I think we tried to get too specific and we tried to place so much of our happiness and so much of our success in a lifetime line on things that we had no control over. And we just set ourselves up for failure.
2: I, I agree. I have recently been not feeling connected with like the whole SMART goal formula like i know that that they they pound that into your head (laughs) for so long but i also i agree i recently have been feeling much more drawn to setting like aspirational goals and more like sort of i mean you could classify them as as vague but to me they're just more like guiding principles and less about specific steps and i'm same as you i am very type a very futuristic very process oriented as a person so would i love step-by-step instructions absolutely have i ever had those and had them work out perfectly and you know lead me to this beautiful amazing life no it's it's all of the different random winding roads that you take that lead you to these amazing things and so i i think that the the aspirational goals the the vision statements the very general things of of where you would like to be in life have been much more helpful and for me that that, that started with self reflection that started with a very long time of working on being aware of who i am and my tendencies and you know i this sounds stupid and cliche but i took a shit ton of personality assessments and i just started compiling words that i could use to describe myself and and ways that i could use to to really sort of understand who i am as a person and it takes a lot of intentional effort to do that but that's where i started and then once i had a, a solid base of that then i was able to set these aspirational goals saying you know what i really want to do is i really want to be happy and i want to be loved and i want to love and i want to help people and if i can fit in everything i'm doing underneath that umbrella statement then that works for me you know like mm-hmm. i that's all you need um did you, you take the that's... enneagram test yes i did what uh, type
0: of are course you? i did i have a, I, i'm a type six i'm a type two okay okay nathaniel did you take it i've told you to take it
1: i think so wait what What's which one is 2? Two?
0: 2 is the very like it's kind of emotional. It's the like wanting to be loved and to be seen as someone who provides value for other people. <laughs> Go figure. After everything else people have heard about me, they're like, "Wow, no shit. You'll have to take weren't, it."
1: Weren't we weren't we the same? I think I did. I want to
0: say we were the same.
1: Cuz that cuz the the 2 stands out to me, but I don't this it was a while ago. I don't remember. I'm going to have to I'm with the organization part and you know, Sarah's great at this. She's probably like, I have a spreadsheet, and I just have all of this I, accessible. I do
2: have a spreadsheet. It's <laughs> right here.
1: Exactly. I pulled it up. <laughs> and I have and a spreadsheet someone, of all
2: of my personality tests and when I took them and what my results were. And
1: I literally didn't know beforehand that you had a spreadsheet. It just seemed accurate. It seemed very Sarah so really i i'll cool. take these tests and then i read them and they're in my mind for like three days and then i'm like i don't i i lose track of it so no it's really i like the way that that you said that like just as long as where i'm at fits under this umbrella like that that works that's good and that's how i feel i kind of want to pivot to the the whole five-year plan yeah conversation because that is such a frequently asked question, like in, in high school, in college, after, and I, I've had it just come up in regular social conversations, like, well, where do you want to be in five years? Or, or what, what does life look like in five years? And to your point, a lot of answers to that are going to be, you know, very, I'm going to have X, Y, Z at this time, it's going to look like this, you know, house, kid, family, All of that stuff that, Allie, you're saying is, you know, very, a lot of it's just out of your control. Like, there's nothing that you can do that's going to force those things to happen. I mean, plenty of people do force those things to happen. They're like, well, I have to have it. So I'm going to kind of give up parts of myself, or I'm not going to truly be happy so that I am checking these boxes. But with the five-year plan, I... I would say, Sarah, I'm similar to you, where I've kind of, I'm not going to answer it the same way, like, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to have in five years, but how am I going to feel about life in five years? Like, there's some, maybe there's some projects that that I want to be working on, like, am I going to make progress there? And then if I do some of these things, am I content with that? So maybe not, I'm going to live in this city and, you know, all of that. But you know, but how do you guys feel? Or Allie, how do you feel about the the five year plan? What is your response to that?
0: Was that in a roundabout way of asking me what my five year plan is? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? No, I'm
0: kidding. I, I said, is that you just in a very roundabout way asking me to tell you what my five year plan is, or lack thereof?
1: You can you can you can tell your five year plan, or you can just tell honestly your thoughts about having a five year plan. So yeah. I
0: think I think it would be wrong to say that I think it's, you know, bad to have some sort of five-year goal. I mean, no one cannot Mm. have one. Like you just, I think we're all too antsy for that. I think the way to do it is again, you know, let's not set, I'm going to be married. Let's not set, I'm going to have kids. Let's do more of, you know, I don't know. Like, I think, I feel like a five-year plan can start to look like those diet pills where it's like, here's your one quick fix and this is gonna fix everything. You know, Mm -hmm. that it's like, if I can get hit these three big things in life, I'm going to be happy when I think it's more or less an accumulation of much littler things that lead to such a happier life. And so I think is not fun and buzzword, you know, buzzwordy as it might seem like I think if people can make more five year plans on like, you know, within a year, I want to have attended 100 fitness classes, or I want to have started therapy if that's something that they wanted to do or you know i want to have taken 14 vacation days like i think people overcomplicate happiness and that they they look to what they see on instagram you know and the highlight reel of like well happiness is getting engaged happiness is going to happy hour at lincoln social and taking a super cute instagram photo it's getting that promotion but i don't think it has to be that hard and so i think if it could be more just centralize like, again, I want to do this 10 times, I want to visit three new states in the next five years, make it things that you can actually keep yourself held accountable for, you know, do those little things. Because if you do those little things, like, or I'm going to journal three times a week, you know, again, none of this is glamorous, none of this is huge or life changing. But the biggest changes happen over time, you know, and so I think almost do it like Do we need a five-year plan? Maybe not. If you just have really solid, hell, even make it a 12-week plan, that if you can just continually improve yourself over a 12-week span and say, wow, in 12 weeks, I did a lot. Let's see what we can do. Like, I think we get so concentrated on what the next five years is gonna look like that we ruin the first four. And so- If we just paid more attention of how to make the most of this month or this quarter or this year, just from personal perspective, like I'm a very big believer that what you put onto the universe just comes back to you. I can't explain it. There is no scientific evidence for it, but I believe it wholeheartedly that it's like the better you put out, the better you're going to get back. So if you just pay attention to those little, little things to make yourself just 1% better, it's going to come back to you. And so again, you know, maybe that's not the answer people are looking for, but I think it's the one that keeps you sane and it's the one that I think you're not setting yourself up for failure. Yeah,
2: I think so two things that I pulled from that is, so I know earlier I said that I've been setting more aspirational goals. I think that that's cool, but I think you also brought up a good point that there are places for these specific goals, like there is space for people to set very measurable short-term realistic you know specific goals as in like let me attend x number of fitness classes right there there's a place for that and there's value in that but it's more of these these ideas that we have been told that we need to incorporate that we want to challenge and so if you are a person who likes settings specific goals or wants to have a five plan like there's a way to do that in a in a healthy and productive fashion that will actually contribute to your happiness but what we're saying and what we're trying to spark you know some some deeper thought about is that it's the content of what you're putting into those that really really matters so if you like that structure absolutely use it like there's there's space for smart goals there's space for a five-year plan there's space for 12-week plan there's space for aspirational all of that is fine but it's more of you know what are you putting into those and and making sure that that aligns with actually what you want and who you are and making sure that that's something that you have thought a lot about and you're not just doing it to do it or you're not yeah. doing it to please others. So I think that's kind of what I'm what I'm summarizing from from what you've said so far absolutely
0: I think there's so much truth to that right of like if you want to be structured and have a five-year plan like I think even just a whole five-year plan is a societal thing Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know
0: and that like if you don't have one you're doing it wrong and I have found myself very recently with a brand new career that I started in a very uncertain world I actually had a lot of vulnerability over the fact that I'm like I don't even know what I want next year to look like I I don't and so it's funny when people ask me like, oh, yeah, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Or what's your long term goal with this? Like, I think to even just piggyback off of what you said of like, it's also okay to have no fucking idea. Like, yeah. sometimes, you know, you see every famous person memoir of like, everything was failing, and then it just figured itself out. And I think that's the really hard part about life, is that it, it is truly that it has no rhyme or reason. And that's what we figured out. And that I think to try and plan out something as complicated as life, you're you are setting yourself up for failure, you know, so I think, like what you're saying of make it more aspirational, you know, of just have a mood board of like, these are some mm-hmm. of the things that are going to make me happy, whether it's traveling, whether it's eating healthier, you know, whether it's whatever, you know, I think, yeah, I just think that it's it's a scary, it's a scary thing when people ask. And I think that's a big thing that if anyone took anything away from this, that it's like, it's perfectly okay to not know. Because even if people tell you they know, our five-year plans didn't work out from when we were Mm -hmm. 20 years old. We're still here. We're fine. Like y'all just started a podcast. Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you can, it's just, I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to know it all. And I think the fun part in life, God, they type A in me is getting hives at even saying this out loud. But like part of the fun part of life is not knowing. And I think it takes navigating your 20s and making it to 27 and being like, wow, I'm still alive. You get to realize, like, I don't know that if you ever told a 21 year old that you're not going to know until you know, I would slap someone across the face. But it's so true and that's what your 20s is. Truly your 20s yeah. is realizing that there is no plan. And that's the sick joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, totally. And it's like, yeah, you have to, you have to have the evidence before yeah. you believe it. So you have to live it. And so we're, we're talking about this and I'm sure every generation before us has talked about this and they're like, man, I thought, and then I just did it and it wasn't, and what? but no, I mean, it's important. It's important to tell people who are, are going through it or about to go through it, that you'll make it out the other side and it's going to be okay.
0: At least as far as we know we're not 30 yet so i guess we don't have that evidence but like we're on a solid start
2: (laughs) okay but i I did cry two days ago thinking about turning 30 and i have not even turned 26 yet so
1: you really did and i saw it live like i (laughs) i was like what are you doing
2: (laughs) yeah we were on facetime and i just started crying about being 30 and not even in not even in a bad way like a little bit, I was a little scared. I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I was like a little scared. I'm like, wow, that seems daunting. But also just like, where is time going? You know, the, the whole time question. and just like, damn, things, move, things are moving fast. Yeah.
1: Allie, your, your direct quote was, we all need to mourn the selves we thought we'd be and then learn to celebrate what became of us. So- I love that. That, <laughs> that gave
0: me chills and I feel so pretentious saying that it just gave me chills. <laughs> but like it just it makes it real no, we love when you inspire problem. yourself <laughs> <laughs> like I get it yeah wow you're right I guess I did say that huh
1: I mean you're not wrong like that's that, that's really the whole point of our, our conversation like being okay with where we're at now and with it not looking the way we thought it would. And that being okay, and you just said that in a very much, a very eloquent way. Yeah.
0: For anyone who's listening, they will suddenly realize that my ability to write is a lot better because I I have a filter from like my head, like from my head to my my fingers, do not when I'm talking. So <laughs> they're probably like, she definitely didn't write that. Um,
1: <laughs> she googled that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's like, have you guys ever seen the thing where it's like, my three year old recently said, and they're like, Karen, your three year old didn't say that, like. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah, You know what that
2: reminds Please. me of? That reminds Please. me of Please. that. That reminds me of that painting that Northwest did, and Kim Kardashian was like, "Look at this painting North did," and everyone was like, "The North did not do that." Yeah,
0: literally. So, so yeah. Wow. Imposter syndrome is so real right now. Um, oh God, that's a whole other thing. Oof. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> I think I just took the the lid off that, and <laughs> if, if that's even worth going into, uh, but. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. It's funny how if I like I do on a weirdly regular basis, look back and say like, would my 21 year old self be proud right now? And I think it's one of those where you almost have to have that, who the hell actually cares? Because what did she even know? Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's one of those where you want to like, at 21 years old, she thought she was marrying so and so. She thought she was going to do this for the rest of her life. She thought she was going to be a CEO she also didn't know x y z she didn't go through this she didn't go through that and so i think you know yes like you know mourn it from the sense of i think there's familiarity and there's safety in plans but i think that you know to truly accept this new you it's like a badge of honor a little bit because you didn't get to where you were and your plans didn't change because life was easy and so i think it's that like you would hope that your your younger self would look back and be like (laughs) damn through some shit but like we did it like way to go way to be see yeah definitely not as eloquent when it comes out of my mouth but summarized <laughs> in a text it sounds pretty cool yeah
2: I think I think that that's honestly a really good way to to look at things and to start processing right like you can hold space for both of those feelings you mm-hmm. can you can mourn the fact that things didn't go according to how you thought they were going to go. But at the same time, you can be super excited and happy and, you know, loving towards your current place in life. And this is also cliche and it's not my quote, it's a Peloton instructor is where I heard it. I'm not gonna even lie to you, but it was like, you can be a work in progress and a masterpiece at the same time. And I just like, love that, love where you're at, but also like keep pushing forward. And and if you wanna make those plans, make those plans. But I think the important thing is just, you know, be kind to yourself if it doesn't work or if it doesn't end up exactly how you thought. And I think that's been, a big learning point for me because I love having plans and I don't think I'll ever be a person who doesn't have plans mm-hmm. but what I'm so much better at now is being happy with and accepting changes in those as we as we move along I think that's a, another big part of it
1: so it seems like we can summarize life in general by saying it's much easier when you fully wholeheartedly love yourself and are kind to yourself yes, <laughs> yes. a lot of things would be much much simpler
0: yeah
2: easier said than done though for sure. easier
1: said than done <laughs> but yeah because well, you'd be like here here i am this is what i'm doing and i'm gonna give myself the time and space to accept that and to to just keep Pushing forward in a way that suits me, and that that would change a lot of things for us. But we have to work at that actively, and doing the work is hard. Yes, it is.
2: So I think um, I wanna I wanna end on something positive, something that people who are listening can can kind of use as they move forward and are processing this because our audience is generally people in their twenties. So I want to talk about signs that we can look for that. That show us that we are living our best life, that show us that we are living a life that is true to ourselves, that show us that, you know, we are, we are moving forward, we are changing, we are growing, we are living in a way that is authentic and positive. So, like, what would those signs be? Like, what would you tell people to look out for as they're navigating life and and trying to make sure
0: that it aligns with who they are? I think through the, like, hard decisions that I had to make in my 20s. Because I had, I had, I have had, you know, a hard breakup. I have ended two different jobs. And I think, you know, I was terrified of, like, confrontation. I was terrified of doing something for me and you know knowing that it would inconvenience someone else and i'll never forget walking out to the other side of those difficult situations and there's just a certain piece about it that like there's hard decisions hard actions loss you know they always seem so scary and they seem like you're never going to get on the other side but the first time you do something for you like the first time you completely honor yourself and you honor yourself above others if, especially if that's something you don't like to do or you think is a selfish thing to do. I will never forget waking up after having made one of these hard decisions. And it's truly, it's that weight, that weight that comes off your shoulders. And I'll never forget, you know, the ability, like, it's funny when you make a big decision like that and you suddenly can look at things rationally, like, have you ever been like, super emotionally involved in something, and the minute you just end it, everything, everything changes your entire outlook on it changes that like, doom and gloom. Oh my god, like, I literally will never forget, I woke up that morning and literally, it was like the colors were different. Like, it's just like, it's one of those wild, like, I want everyone at some point in their life to be able to experience that feeling of how it felt to do something for you. Um, Because I feel like we were very much trained to not do things for you. You know, that there wasn't this idea when we were growing up about self-care. Like no one talked to us about that when we were 13, 15 in those very important years. So I think there's, there's that feeling. There's that feeling that it's, you think it's selfishness, but you realize it's just being kind to yourself. Like, I feel like the first time you get that feeling, it's addictive that you're like, wow, I did Mm -hmm. this for me. And like, The world didn't fall apart nothing wild happened my friends didn't leave me my parents still love me you know even the people that were negatively impacted by the decision everyone is okay so it's like that first time that you experience that feeling of everything turned out okay it truly is addicting and you get those that power and once you get that power once you're unstoppable so it's it sucks because you know in order to sometimes feel that way you have to go through the hardship but i think if you can remember that every hardship like there's a reason why it feels hard and there's a reason why it doesn't feel right and the first time you honor that within yourself is just a very powerful thing
1: setting boundaries for yourself like literally is major so i that's you said that so well and then i think holding yourself accountable and recognizing in particular moments how you're feeling and why you're feeling it is good to sit with like actually allowing yourself to feel certain emotions or thoughts is important and that's also so much you know easier said than done but you know we we do a lot of comparison you know okay well well, my life doesn't look like this person's life or wow this person's so good at this i'm never going to be able to achieve that whatever it is if you catch yourself being like okay i am i'm betraying myself right now i'm i'm not speaking kindly or i'm not believing in my abilities 100 percent or maybe i'm like on social media and i saw something and i had this internal reaction that was like i'm not good enough like catching that and actually being like wait i think that can help you move forward and start learning how to practice those boundaries so that you know you can move forward um i think there's there's you're gonna have to change little things every day or, or at least start that habit like we said earlier to actually see long-lasting change, whether it's (laughs) drink a full glass of water every morning. (laughs) Like there's just like little things, no matter how small it is, like those thought processes and like that's going to start making a difference. So journaling for that is probably really helpful because you may not remember, or at least (laughs) someone like me, it's probably not going to i might i might change something a couple days or a week or two but it just really doesn't become a habit and then i don't even remember that i stopped doing what i the little goal that i set to to achieve each week how to be kinder notice that i'm comparing myself to someone else but if you keep track of that you can actually see it every day like okay well i did notice this let's change it for next week or let's make the The adjustments needed. Um, So yeah, just being aware, being present, making changes, being open to that, um, because you'll you will fail. Or, or fall short of, of some of those goals you said, and that's totally fine. I've I've been on the, okay, well, I didn't reach perfection, I'm just going to give up mindset mm-hmm. before and I know that that happens um, to a lot of people, but you have to just keep trying.
2: Yeah, and I like that um, you know, you acknowledge this feeling that a lot of people I'm sure can relate to is a lot of these choices and a lot of these changes that you make when you realize that the expectations for living in your 20s are not aligned with who you are, it feels selfish, right? And it feels like you are taking these extreme measures that some people that you really care about in your life might not understand or might be hurt by even and what i think is important to acknowledge is that that's a valid feeling and you can feel that but the benefit of making those changes is something that you need to weigh against that feeling right like if you see that the benefit of these changes and the way that you know you are working towards living your your most authentic life if the benefits of those outweigh the negative feelings that you might feel or that others around you might feel, then please, please, please make those changes, right? Like prioritizing your health and your well being letting go of these internalized limiting beliefs that you have practicing gratitude and mindfulness and working on loving yourself like these things are signs that you are you are living a life that is that is good for you and if that contradicts the way that other people or society tells you you should be living your life that's going to feel uncomfortable but it's going to be worth it
1: absolutely (laughs) we're like
0: yes correct (laughs) And I think it's funny because I think people, when they realize that something's off, it becomes a very negative thing. That when you realize Mm -hmm. that I'm not feeling at peace with something or there's a problem here. I think there's that initial gut feeling of like, oh my God, I messed up. How didn't I see this? Why didn't I fix this? And I think instead if more people had the mindset of like, I figured it out. Like, Mm -hmm. let these shortcomings, like, you know. There are many decisions that once I finally exited the situation, people were like, there you go, like, girlfriend, there you are. And I think just to understand that, you know, to be kind to yourself, that no one's going to experience your situation like you, that everyone's almost, almost always more rational when it's (laughs) not their situation, but like... Be proud of yourself when you realize something that's not working. Don't get down on yourself. We all have things and the fact that you took the time to be true to yourself and to make it that far is half the battle. You know, we all live in denial of things that aren't going well or things that are keeping us back. And when you finally can pinpoint it and say that's what needs to change, like, yes, that it's not something to be ashamed of. It's a sign that you're growing and like you're almost there. Like level up is like 98% complete.
2: i love it i love it i i could talk about this for hours on end there's so many more things that you know we could talk about in this topic and we could go on and on and on but for the podcast episode length we unfortunately will have to cut it a little short um but this was so great Allie. i loved having your insight i love that you can show people that you know it's okay if your plan doesn't work out exactly as you thought it would and you know you're you're a living example of being able to thrive after difficult decisions and pivots and all of that so really appreciate you being here with us today and i uh i hope that everyone listening Got a little something and can maybe take a nugget of this conversation into their own
0: lives.
1: Absolutely, this was therapeutic. Absolutely, genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm very. I'm very. You know, grateful that you have experienced all of this and then became so passionate about talking about it. Um, because you know, it, it's definitely a helpful conversation and can be you know relevant for so so many people. So thank you again. Okay, so thanks again and shout out to Allie for joining us today. Um, really hope you enjoyed. Of course, per usual, leave your feedback. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can text us. I want to hear all of your thoughts on this, this conversation, because I know it. It's a lot of people have have reached out to me about this particularly. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.
2: Bye.